Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. The first 78 episodes of Fortune's Wheelhouse offer a card-by-card breakdown of occult correspondences and symbolism in the tarot. If you're a new listener, you may want to start there. In this season, we've been leveling up and examining each correspondence system on its own. First, we looked at the seven traditional planets in tarot, and then at the numbers one through ten in tarot, and we're not done yet. Remember, if you're diving in at random and one of us says something utterly opaque, we have lots of resources on our website to help with some of the more obscure esoteric doctrines that we deal in. That website is www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. There are also a couple of other places where you can check in with us online. You can visit Mel at tabulamundi.com and you can visit me at tsusanchang.com. You can also join over 650 smart, nice, and most importantly, like-minded friends at the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy group on Facebook. As you know, each episode, we have a giveaway. Last week, our prize for the final numeric episode, on the number 10, was Mel's new Manus Perfectus edition of the Tabula Mundi deck. Our winner was Amanda in Texas, loyal patron and also a student in my online class, The Living Tarot. Congratulations, Amanda! If you're not Amanda, you can still get your hands on the Tabula Mundi Manus Perfectus deck at Mel's shop site, www.tarocart.com. This week's show is the first part of a two-part special divination episode, which we're doing each time we come to the end of a set of regular episodes. Last week, on our Patreon site and at the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy Facebook site, we invited Fortune's Wheelhouse patrons to submit their questions for one-card readings. We got 21 questions, and we read them all. We hope that everyone who submitted a question will find the readings helpful. And we also hope that all our listeners will enjoy seeing how we apply the content we talk about on this show when it comes to an actual reading. For this week's giveaway, we have something we've never offered before, a Fortune's Wheelhouse zip pouch. We had the Fortune's Wheelhouse logo made into a fabric, all cotton, very high quality, and I will be turning it into a handy pouch for all your tarot tools. As always, all Fortune's Wheelhouse patrons are automatically entered in the drawing. If you are not a patron, and you would like to be, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And if you missed your chance to submit a question for a reading this time, don't worry. We will be doing readings episodes again in the future, and there are also a couple of other ways you can obtain a reading. If you sign up at a patron tier of $5 or higher, you'll receive a written reading as one of your perks. And... If you want to go whole hog, I also personally do a limited number of readings each week by Skype or Zoom. You can investigate that further at www.tsusanchang.com slash readings. And now, here's this week's episode. Okay. Hi, everybody. We are back with our official divination episode. Uh, we may split it into two parts. This is something that we do in between uh, regular episodes. And what we've done is we have put out a call for questions on the Patreon site and on Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy. So anyone who's a patron has been invited to submit a question for a one-card reading. So what we're going to do is we've received 21 questions and we're going to identify the querent only by initials and then read the question exactly. So if you've submitted a question and you can't remember if it's yours or not, just look back at the way you submitted it and see if the wording is exactly right. That will tell you. We will take turns drawing and if you don't hear your question in the first episode, uh, just listen for it in the second because we will get to everybody. We will keep track of the draws and put up a post on the Patreon site. So if you're in the community, you're welcome to have a look at the draws and the questions and interpret them as well. Although, of course, the questions will remain anonymous. We'll each take turns drawing and the other person can use the um, app. The Tabula Mundi app available. Tabula Mundi has an app. (laughs) 
um, with the fool's dog. And so whoever draws the card, the other person can pull it up on screen and not have to sift through the deck. Right, because we are doing this remotely, of course, because we're in the quarantine era. Uh, so we can't look at the deck together. But everybody yeah, should yeah. have the app. It's a fantastic app, and, and it's an absolute steal. Before we draw, we should do a little short invocation to Haru. Oh, great idea. In the divine name, Ia'o, I invoke thee, thou great angel Hru, who art set over the operations of this secret wisdom. Lay thine hands invisibly on these consecrated cards of art, that thereby I may obtain true knowledge of hidden things. To the glory of the ineffable name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just just for put it out there for information, the deck that I'm using, the version that I'm using is the silver edition of Tabula Mundi, and I you I'm using the Babylon Lust card instead of the regular. So, so this is the So the Lust comes up, you'll it, it'll be the mm-hmm. Babylon version, which isn't in the app, but you you have it, so Yeah, and it's important because if they get uh Lust, they should be able to look at the card and Yep. You know, see what we're seeing. And this is the silver gilt edges. Is that what you mean? Yeah, the one with the silver borders around the art. Okay. And I'm using my uh, regular Tabula Mundi Colores Arcus, which I have debordered. So it's a little bit smaller. Um, oh, cool. My old faithful, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read the first question, which is from M.M. Hmm. Just not like me, you. though. <laughs> but it's not you. <laughs> All right. I am currently a university professor with a growing astrology and tarot consulting practice. In this unstable economy, I am wondering how can I best serve my intentions to support people in healing and making meaning through divinatory work while also serving my needs for financial stability without getting stuck in either or. That's a really good question. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right. Drawing a card for MM. The Six of Discs. Ooh. It's an interesting card to get here, and it's it's a really good card, you know, without getting stuck in either or. So the Six of Discs obviously has a lot to do with financial stability and success, literally the name of the card. But mm-hmm. it's also, to me, when it comes up, it's also about the body, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and resources that you have besides wealth, literally wealth. <laughs> One thing that I think about with the Six of Discs is its connection to the Hierophant and being kind of a doctor of souls in that way, which seems to really... Um, the Hierophant and the Priestess is a powerful combination. Yeah, yeah the it really key is. keepers, <laughs> two of the key keepers. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's got both that spiritual component, but also the Discs real, you know, literally monetary component to it. Um, one thing that in terms of the how, one thing I've experienced with this card is that sometimes it's an opportunity that you make by yourself. You know, it's sort of like, uh, just in terms of when I've drawn it, I've found that sometimes, uh, you have, you don't have to wait for somebody to offer you something, right? You kind of create the opportunity. There's a, there's a self-sufficiency about it, which I think is sort of related to solar Tifereth, the sort of like ability and agency that goes with that. So, um, so one thing that I, I kind of get from this is the idea that if the opportunities don't appear to be out there, you might be able to craft or create one yourself and see if you can find the means to, um, to fund and sustain it. Uh, whether through crowdsourcing or just by making up the position, even if the institution does not offer it. I think also with the how, there's something about the combination of the Hierophant and the Priestess as both being sort of bridges to the divine and serving that function for people. Yeah. And, and, and not being afraid to charge for it. Exactly, exactly. You know, I remember one time, 25 30 years ago, I read for someone and saw that combination of the high priestess and the hierophant. And it was, you know, literally setting up a church, <laughs> you know, it's spiritual practice. Type oh, that's really community. Yeah. Yeah. Where people could come and commune with one another. So I wonder if there's a way that, you know, yeah. creating and the structure is in things there. On a donation basis, even like, mm-hmm. you know, 
sliding scale or donation basis, you're still collecting money, but you're you're supporting people in in letting them have some agency in what they think they can afford to pay. Right. And yeah, I think it's very important to with this card to recognize that you know, as an energy exchange, it is okay to charge for your spiritual services, <laughs> that that is not something to feel weird or wrong about. There is a value and it's okay if people acknowledge and recognize that value, whether through donation or through a set scale. Yeah. And the last thing that popped into my head about this card particularly is because it's got connections with both the sun and the moon. So Six Tiferet and the moon as the Deccan ruler, it's it's almost like there has to be a balance between active and passive or feminine and masculine ways about doing things. And it's coming through like not being afraid to shine both ends of that spectrum. Yes, yes. There's definitely a quality in here of being able to be between and within both worlds, the conventionally masculine and the conventionally feminine, uh, and being able to find strength from whatever your identity may be. All right, shall we have a look at the um, next one? Sure. This um, is for KM. I'd love to see what I need to know about developing my art career. Very exciting. Okay. I got... Ah, the, the two of cups. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they used the word love in their question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they? Oh, yes. You're right. You're right. They did. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, developing my art career. Yeah. This is interesting to me because, you know, it's Venus in Cancer. Venus being very much, Venus, you know. Associated with the arts. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And pretty well placed in Cancer, I would say. I mean, it's not exalted or anything, but I think it's a good placement. Thank you. I have Venus in Cancer. <laughs> I know you do. I think it's. I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. I you do. Know, like the, it. the energies are are compatible. I think. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about this. Venus card. as the Empress in Cancer as the maternal sign. You know, it, it resonates. Right. Right. And as a um, a developing your art career, there's something in, in this, I think, about following your bliss, you know? Yeah, it sounds cliche, do what you love and the money will follow, but it's <laughs> uh, the card, there it is. Um, right. Do what you love. But, you know, it's a little more than that if we if we unravel mm -hmm. what the Two of Cups, you know, is being as Cancer, the Chariot, and the Empress. If we kind of unravel that a little bit, you know, Cancer is a very... It's a cardinal sign. It's proactive. Mm -hmm. It's going to go out and go after things. Like think of the chariot. It's, you know, it's, it might be with some indirect motion, but it's, it's definitely on the move and it's doing things. It's, it's not just waiting for things to come to it, which you might think of as being a kind of Venusian quality. You know, it's got yes. a little bit more cardinal active energy to it. I think that's true. And I think there's also a quality of protection to it. The idea yeah, that you really want to tender nurture. it and nurture the seed of your art, the thing that you love and be careful with it, you know, um, mm -hmm. remember that that's at the heart of everything. And while it may be tempting, you know, a lot of people find when they're trying to be smart about developing a new career, they try to make smart financial moves or serve the market or whatever it is. But the, I think and it the kills two the of creativity. Exactly. Yeah. The two of cups is about, you know, keeping that spark alive, keeping the you know, the gestating, <laughs> the art, yeah. safe and protected. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the first real card of the suit of cups. So, you know, it's a, it definitely has to do with emotions uh, and nurturing in general. And it's, a, it's like a um, newly born kind of energy. And that reminds me too, this card often comes up for me when it has things to do with children. Mm -hmm. So if I don't know if this person has any interest in like children's books art or anything like that because this card often has something to do with uh the young yeah definitely something there's something very tender about it and um and trusting your instincts <laughs> what nice cards to get so far <laughs> yeah next question the initials are 
This is an interesting one. The initials are IV. And the question is, what will the North Node shift bring me? And um, so just to sort of contextualize that astrologically, uh, we have just experienced a, a node shift from Cancer Capricorn to Gemini Sagittarius since the nodes have retrograde motion. So the nodes are now at 29 Gemini and 29 um Sagittarius, and I guess that's right. When we'll be having a an eclipse in the in that axis uh, exactly. beginning in June, exactly. So we'll have a series of eclipses uh, on those points. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna draw a card for IV. Four of Cups. Ooh, all right. So Four of Cups. What will the North Node shift bring me? Um, Another Cancer card. You know, what's really funny is that it makes me think of the whole business with eclipses because it's the moon in Cancer ruling its sign. So there's almost like a concentration of that lunar energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. This card is a... We say this a lot about a lot of cards that they kind of represent turning points, but I think there is a, a high tide turning of the tide. Kind of oh, with this one for here. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a sort of a, it could be a recognition that, you know, you're ready for the next phase of something. You know, we often say with this card that the, the growing, uh, right. child the is, about to, is, right. is about done and it's time to come out. <laughs> it's getting a little bit confining in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rebirth. It's kind of a rebirth. It is. It is. And there's something else about this Or a birth, card. actually. Yeah. The the Deccan imagery. This is the one with the Selhafe, <laughs> with the turtle. Oh, so right. Yeah. It always makes me think of the turtle coming out of his shell. The, uh, the actual signification they use is something about hunting and brawling and stuff. But there, there's something in here about... Maybe it's getting out of quarantine. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I definitely think there's a quality in here of awakening in some way and being ready to come out of the shell, to, particularly because it's coming out of Cancer, Capricorn axis and into Gemini, Sagittarius. You know, we're kind of moving from earth and water to air and fire. And there's there's something about that axis that is, well, first of all, mutable. So, you know, that's... Mm. And they should definitely watch everybody. what occurs around the eclipse date, I would think. For sure. For sure. Um, Which the I other think thing is, is that, around June, I want to say June 5th, but I'm not totally positive. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't know what this person's chart looks like. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's going to trigger anything sensitive, but, um, but overall, I would expect a sensation of being ready to move on in some way. Mm. From something that's been comfortable too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a little uncomfortable over time because of, you know, being ready for something new. Right. I don't think it's going to be a cataclysmic shift, though. Um, you know, it's not, it's, no. there are definitely ways tarot could express something much more dramatic. This is sort of like more of a realization. Yeah, and it could be like a checkpoint. This card is often sometimes like a checkpoint card. Like you, you reach a certain status isn't the right word, but you, you reach a plateau, you re- you reach an area where you're, you, you know, you kind of ground again, and then you set off again. From yeah, there. it's that sort of like the platform of chesed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where everything's pauses, and then everything starts again. Yeah. Right. All right. So the next person's initials are A-H. And the question is, how can I find the right person to hire to help me administratively with my workshops? Context, I am a healthcare professional, and in non-COVID times, I've been teaching workshops for colleagues in advanced skills. It's getting so busy that I need help to be organized, but I have had trouble finding the right person. Mm. This is one of those good problems to have, but a little bit scary, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right. Let's see. What is this? 
It's kind of hard to find that one. <laughs> uh, oh, look at this three of cups. Is there a theme here? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, gee, does that, that seems to indicate there'll be a lot of people to choose from, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could be the case. That could be Abundance. the case. And the other thing is that to me, this is, you know, one of the most feminine of cards in a way. Um, it often has that feeling of, you know, well, certainly in Rider Wade Smith interpretations, we see it as a, uh, you know, gatherings of women kind of a thing. And I've experienced that in life as well. But there's also a feeling of just ease and comfort and easy communication, mercury and cancer that goes with this card. So I think it should be someone. Yeah, well, the mercury part, this person's going to need some really good, um, skills you know mercury you, you definitely yeah. want to look at somebody who's organized and precise and, and detail good with details you know being mercury but cancer uh someone who you feel comfortable or with someone who who doesn't ring any alarm bells for you who makes you feel good you know yeah i think there's a real emotional intelligence in this card and that should be a priority in the interview process mm-hmm you know, one other thing I I think about when I'm looking at your version of this card and thought as well is kind of like, you know, just the structure of it with the one cup on top and the two cups beneath and the sort of flowing waters. It's like if you get the right person in there, you have it has a multiplying effect. You know, it's sort of like mm. uh, these streams of water dividing and, you know, amplifying. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's someone who has a lot to offer. Yeah. You know, the right person will have, you know, not just the detailed uh, oriented mentality and the ability to to have an emotional connection with you, but also have just a lot in general to offer um, that you may not be thinking of right now mm-hmm. as a quality. And and when it comes up and you and you meet that person that makes you feel good and has all this um, quite a few different skill sets to offer being Mercury Mm-hmm. that maybe you'll get a feeling because it's a cancer card, of, you know, that it's the right person. Yeah, someone who likes people. Because <laughs> you can get, yeah. you know, really great, efficient, organized Mercury types who don't actually enjoy working with people. So um, I, it, there's, it feels like this is the Mercury who uh, who really has that kind of social uh, enjoying being around people quality. Definitely. <laughs> Let's see. Now we have ML. What is the best direction for me to go in my career to bring spiritual fulfillment and financial abundance? That's a great (laughs) question. We would all love that. (laughs) Okay. The Eight of Swords. Hmm, That's interesting. Pull that up on the app. It's a double Mercury card and the Deccan's ruled by Jupiter. Yes, double Mercury because it's eight, which is the uh, number of Hode, which is the Sephira of Mercury, right? And, and uh, also it's a Gemini, Gemini card. Mm-hmm, ruled by Mercury, exactly. Mercury, yep. Yes, Mercury is definitely putting in an appearance today. <laughs> so one thing that that often comes to mind to me with this card... I'm, I'm thinking, I was just thinking about this because we're in this Deccan right now. Uh, we, mm. the sun has just moved into this Deccan. And I was thinking about how it often represents that sort of proliferation of mental energy. You know, the, um, the interest in many, many different things, the sort of splitting yes. of the world into to binaries and how distracting that can sometimes be. Yeah, you sometimes get a little stuck because you may have too many choices. Exactly. It's the abundance, overabundance of riches and being a little bit paralyzed by that. In terms of that, I, I feel that there's definitely going to be a benefit to creating the mental space to deal with that. So... Um, one concrete, um, suggestion I often get from this card is the idea of, you know, rather than conceiving of that moment of being stuck, interference being stuck because everything's sort of like ground to a halt, um, think of it as a moment to empty your mind and get some space. And in that, the answer may arise. I can also see it being as sort of a mystery to unravel. 
Mm-hmm. You know, rather than looking at it as a, you know, a standstill because you're paralyzed and you don't know what to do, think of it as a chance to change your fortune. You know, the, mm-hmm. we get the Jupiter card here through the use of and skills of your mind with the That's Mercury, right. double Mercury influence. So kind of look at it as a puzzle to unravel and something that is going to benefit you and create a change if you can if you can tease it out and figure it out right through and, thinking and definitely having the patience to do that <laughs> yeah right rather than right. the the darker side of this card is feeling you know the the only thing that's really that causes the frustration of this card is impatience if you don't have mm-hmm. impatience then it's really not a negative experience yes so in terms of the direction to go you know, I'm just trying to think of what that might look like because I, the, the, the card. Would you say it's something yeah. to do with the fortune card, you know, being Jupiter? Because it's kind of fortune mm-hmm. can bring either spiritual fulfillment or financial abundance or both, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's wondering interesting. If, if I got Jupiterian themes might be a direction to look towards. I got a hit off that in terms of like divination. Um, this felt like a divination thing to me, like, uh, offering mm. divination services in some way, which is definitely both a, you know, a hode type thing and also a for, you know, Jupiter fortune type thing. So, um, I don't know if that was just sort of like a flare up in my brain, but, <laughs> but it's something mm. that, that came, came up the sort of like, and in the sense that when you do divination, it is a puzzle to unravel, you know, the randomness is a um, a a forced circumstance that we set up that allows us to decipher the puzzle. And the other thing, of course, and this could be this is just totally off the wall, but both for myself personally and in the deck in history, this card has to do with sewing. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I wonder if this person has any, um, yes. any so if you're like, skills. Right. If you're in sewing or if you're in costuming or fashion or anything like that, that is definitely something to consider. <laughs> you know, I love it. This is the, the, this is the deck in signification where I think it says something like, and she can sew. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I always love that one. <laughs> so the next initials are MB. And the question is, I'm consulting with a tech startup and I'm accepting part of my compensation in company shares. Will that decision prove to be financially profitable for me or not? What an interesting question. Wow. Hmm. Let's hope that it's a really obvious answer. Okay, I am drawing it is ooh the princess of discs oh wow that's not bad <laughs> not, not, not at all yeah i think that's a pretty you know that seems particularly promising actually yeah um, it does the, but it also yeah. suggests that it may take a while right right it'll it won't look like much at the outset but it will grow yeah there's something really really good about this and you know um you know in the in the marseille decks you see that it's the only page that has two suit emblems. So one is holding up in the air, sort of magically held up in the air, just like in Rider Waite Smith, and the other is buried in the ground in a Marseille. Mm. So there's this idea that, you know, you leave it in the ground and it grows. <laughs> and it's, it's, like it's kind of um, goes along with the fact that the princesses are the, I guess you would say, the flower of the root that started in the ace, which is basically a giant coin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a giant coin. And also there is an idea in particularly in the more thought based interpretation that the princess becomes independent, you know, because Mm -hmm. of these gifts. So she becomes self-sufficient and independent. She stands on her own. Yeah, I think it's a definite uh, possibility that this is a really good thing. I do think it will take a while because it's the last card in the deck. It's, you know, exactly. It's and not it, instant. Mm-hmm. And it's not about like, you know, if it had been, I don't know, the knight 
Knight slash King, that would show you being more in control over it and having more agency. Perhaps if it had been the 10, it might be a different kind. But, you know, at least it's definitely not one of the cards that might have indicated a problem, like, say, the five of discs. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's definitely something it's that's good. going to grow over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Given enough, uh, given enough chance. M. M, also not you. (laughs) Also not me, another MM. (laughs) What do I need to know about my beta test program? Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't know whether that's beta test program or beta test program. So, you know, whether it's a program they created that's in beta now or whether, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either now that you say that. Yeah. But we'll see what we get. Okay. What MM needs to know about their beta test program? Huh, Knight of Discs. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Just talking about him. <laughs> yeah, just talking about that guy. <laughs> Speak of the devil. <laughs> the idea of the knight slash king, you know, uh, just clarifying for those who aren't aware that we're using Mel's deck where the knight is the, the, the king um, figure. king-like figure. Mm-hmm. Is, On a horse. Yeah, it's interesting because... That is somewhat in contrast to the idea of a beta, right? Which is sort of a test rather than something that's finished. But maybe, maybe. But you know, knights do kind of set forth. You mm-hmm. know, they're the they're the first position of the divine name. You know, the yode of. So mm-hmm. they do have an active setting forth quality, which could be a testing phase kind of thing. On the other hand, they're also mutable, and. This knight yeah. in particular, you know, is in charge of the harvest and that sort of like refining the product and making it useful, edible, taking it from its raw state to its finished state, which is also a quality of a beta test. It's something that helps you get there. Yeah. It is very practical and doesn't move very fast. <laughs> so, you know, this is a, another card that's indicating that things will take time and they're not to be rushed. Because one of his decans is also the eight of discs, um, right. which again suggests things growing and building over time and, and working their way towards at their own pace. Yeah, there's definitely a call for perfecting here, for really getting the bugs out and hunting for little things that could go wrong and just being a little bit, um, you know, finicky and... Uh, ex- exacting about the And that kind of seems to, if you look at the three decans that are associated with this guy, you know, he's got the seven of wands mm-hmm. and then he has the eight of discs and the nine of discs. So that seven of wands is the initial, like, working out the bugs and the kinks mm-hmm. phase. And then, you know, the, the eight of discs is the more testing and, and waiting for things to work their way out. And then the nine of discs, uh, the right. gain, the the finished, right, uh, right. successful product. Yeah, I mean, he really has his eyes on the prize, ultimately, in terms of the <laughs> the nine of discs. Um, He's also into accounting. Where I don't know where that, if that has any um, <laughs> if that has any application to this or not. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Could be. There's definitely a um, economical in economic literacy. Um, implicated in this guy. Uh, Sometimes food production, too, or so Crowley says. He's either yeah, an accountant yeah. or a farmer. <laughs> exactly. I think of this guy as the king in his counting house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy, you know. Funny, yeah. Exactly. So it looks good, but do have the patience to finish the job. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, the next person's initials are DW. This is a longer question, but I'll read it all. I met someone last summer and felt an immediate and intense bond with them. It was like they had been coming in my direction all my life, and now they were here. I was in a tough emotional state at the time and believed it was coloring my judgment, but months later the same feeling of near certainty remains. I have a vague sense that the feelings are reciprocal, but I don't trust my judgment there either. And of course, neither of us are available to build on this relationship at this time. So my question is this, is this attraction really between this person and myself, or is it mainly a wish I am projecting onto them? 
Wow, that is one juicy question. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's have a look and see what we get. Is there really a, a real attraction between this person and myself, or is it mainly a wish I am projecting onto them? I can imagine a number of ways that Tarot might say that. <laughs> mm. That's the one. All right. Ooh, five of cups. Uh-oh. Wow, uh-oh. Okay, so, well, there's no doubt the strength of the feeling, I guess, you know, yeah. um, that the, Mars, the person Mars is Mars is desire and Scorpio is desire. It's desire. It's a double card. It's desire times desire. Yeah, so I can understand why the person finds it hard to let this go. It's Scorpio. And it's, it's actually triple Mars. Triple Mars. Triple, triple Mars. Mars. So, Very uh, five lots of big, desire. There's five definitely desire here, but Mars. Yep. Mars I don't know if it's Mars reciprocated. I don't think so either. I think it looks, you know, it is the Lord of Disappointment. <laughs> you right. yeah, it's you hard can't to put a good that. spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and also, um, the it may have to do i think with the idea that the the client mentions that they were in a tough emotional state at the mm -hmm. time right and i think that's also reflected in the card and yeah. you know and it's really it's i would say that they were particularly vulnerable to feeling like that and that it would be hard to shake that feeling but it has to do with the moment that they were in more than the person and themselves. It, it could even be that there are some, you know, reciprocal desires, but the hesitation is that where this person says that neither of them are available to build on the relationship at this time, it could be that they never are, even if there are some yeah. desires. The water in Scorpio, well, there's two things to say about the water. One is the dryness of the card, which is something that you really emphasize in your version of it, the, the Mars drying up the waters. But also the idea that when there is water, it's Scorpio, the one-way stream. Um, it's not necessarily reciprocal. There's no denying the strength of the feeling, um, the venom of the scorpion. <laughs> you know, it's very hard to you can't you can't just sort of put it aside for me because it's yeah internal. they were definitely stung <laughs> yeah yeah the feelings are real you know yep. they different they definitely went through a thing here uh, so the attraction was real at least on one side but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere the it doesn't really ask the question where is this going I think that they right. realize that that's not happening but is it there or is it mainly a wish and to me you know the the fish itself often kind of represents the wish you know <laughs> right the fish of scorpio noon the fish the of scorpio, noon, yeah. yeah 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 and the fish is not not doing so well here right sorry about that okay and i really feel for the person because that's a really terrible position to go in and what we can hope is that you know um one thing that might be worth doing if you're getting the five of cups card in general is to put up a picture of the death card you know somewhere where you can meditate on it which will help to release some of those feelings and let them wash downstream mm. not to mention yeah. one other thing on that mm -hmm. it just popped into my head that because this is a triple mars card you know, the function of the tower is to clear the way for something new. And, and, you know, this person will get over their disappointment over this mm -hmm. and it will clear the way for a hopefully better relationship. Exactly. That where the people are free to indulge in it. Right. It's not senseless destruction. It, it has a purpose, right? Mm. There's a, there's a reason always. I think the pain of the card really comes only in trying to hold on too hard. Okay, JG is the next one. What do I need to know about how I present myself and my creative work to the world, specifically in terms of balancing making money and standing behind what I do? <laughs> Another one of these. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very reasonable. It's, I, it is. All right, you tune in here. Huh, we got the Princess of Discs again. No kidding. Nice. All right. What do I need to know about how I present myself and my creative work to the world? Well, in terms of creative work, creative work and the world, those words are in there. All right. Right. Perfect card. 
Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and, and also balancing making money and standing behind what I do. I mean, the princesses are standing firm, and this is yes. the earth one, you know, the yeah. discs. Interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, I think that there's uh, a little bit of uh, encouragement towards beginner mind here and recognizing that you you will get there. It's the beginning of a long journey and you should have faith in your talents and your gifts to take you there over time. Yeah. And, you know, this princess, when I think about her, I always think about the, the four powers and her mm. particular one is keeping silent. But yeah. I don't look at that as being literally silent. It might be being centered and from that place of centering and, and mental stillness, then the next step is taking action because it's also about taking action in the world. Right. So, you know, feel your power upon the earth as this conduit that the princess is between heaven and earth. Feel that, ground in that power, and then from that place, take action to present your work to the world. I like the way you're kind of foregrounding that idea that to keep silent does lead naturally to to go. Um, it's mm -hmm. the only one that really does. And it makes me think of the fact that this princess or page is, you know, we think of her as being pregnant. So do feel confident that you have something to offer. It's right there. It's ready to right. be born. It's not like just an idea in your head, right? You know, it's it's ready to to go out there. Um, it, yeah, because look at what card mm -hmm. follows. If you consider this the last card of the deck, right. then what follows would either be the Fool or the Ace of Wands. Both are a new burst of spring growth and, and creativity that you're giving birth to. Right, exactly. It's the beginning of a new life. And, you know, and the purpose, you know, and having a having a child or a creative child, whatever it is, is not, it's not just for you. It has a purpose out there in the world. And part of the answer to the question lies in discovering that purpose. You know, it's not necessarily so much about the author as about the recipient. That's something to keep in mind as you consider these questions of making money, standing behind what I do, you know, keep in mind who it's for and how you can make a relationship with them through your creative work. And she's Earth of Earth, so mm -hmm. think of, in terms of themes of the Earth signs. Yeah. So Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. Right. To me, this I, actually... I have, I use, I analyze, use those qualities of the Earth signs and their skills. Mm-hmm. There's something specifically, I think, about reproduction in here. So, you know, we think about literal reproduction, but I think also this may be a creative work that can be reproduced, um, mm. you know, that may have a larger audience, you know, not a single work that just sort of stands on its own, but can be distributed in many copies. That's just a random hit that I got from it. Mm. So who knows? We'll see. All right. Okay. So next one. Initials are KL who asks, how are the changes at work going to affect my job? Ah, interesting. This is the kind of question I was kind of expecting to see a lot of in terms of like, you know, things are changing because of COVID. And mm. we didn't actually get that many of those. But um, I'm assuming these are. And they COVID don't changes. they don't even mention yeah. COVID. So it may have nothing to do with it. But it could True. have everything to do with it. Who knows? True. How are the changes at work going to affect my job? Okay, I think. It is a question that is on a lot of people's minds. Ooh, eight of cups. I think we're going to get the entire cup suit today. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. All right. Um, so I, I don't want to scare this person, but the eight of cups is not the easiest answer to this question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the first hit I usually get with this is moving away from something. Right. Me too. Me too. The idea that maybe this job is not going to be able to sustain itself and you may need to consider moving on. It's interesting, you know, uh, it's a card of cups and that always suggests to me the, you know, the idea that this sort of atmosphere of 
conviviality and hospitality is somehow in the past, that it's something to move away from. It's and it's usually not really it's a it's a bit of a reluctant process, you know. It's it's not really like so much about the excitement of what's coming next is recognizing that this is probably not something that can go on the way it is. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be fulfilling in the long term. Right, right. Um, this is, of course, the tension of Saturn and Jupiter. It's, it's You can see the black sky of Saturn, but it's Jupiter uh, ruling Pisces. In the oldest Deccan interpretations, it's journeys and changes of place, you know, so... Um, I I definitely think there's hmm. moving away. In yeah, some, moving know, away, form. carrying burdens on the shoulders is something else that you see in the Deccan signification. So it's not cataclysmic again. So we're not looking at the tower here, but right, it doesn't look like they're going to get fired. Or, no, well, I shouldn't say that, but it does look <laughs> to me like they're going to move away from this job, probably because it's not satisfying anymore. Right, I think it's in their own hands. Really, I mean, I think. It's it's not something that just happens to them. It's something that they kind of know about. It's sort of like a thing in the back of the mind that you don't want to deal with. And then it sort of creeps up on you and you're like, oh, shit, I really do. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be sudden. It's yeah, like you said, it's going to be something that they're probably going to be in control of. And over and time, you know, with Saturn there, it's always over time. Right, right. And um, yeah, and it's and it's good for them to sort of be aware of that now. Right. They would like to do because that always is, you know, it's, it's Pisces. So, you know, it's the, it's the relationship with the moon card. And the worst thing about it is the uncertainty. Right? Yeah. But, the not knowing. Mm -hmm. But there's also fertility and growth in the moon as well. If you can, if you can find it and uh, making new dreams. All right. The next question is from TW. My question is, which direction should I take with my practice of art? Nice. All right. Yeah, very creative listeners, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of people thinking about their creativity. I like that. Mm -hmm. TW direction. Seven of Cups. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. We had the five, and now we have the seven. Yeah, you were right. We're probably going to get all the cups. <laughs> We've had all of them except the six so far, and the ace, I guess, and the ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of the middle pillar ones, and the nine as well. Yeah, so we've we've gotten we've been on both sides of the tree with our cups. Yeah, this is interesting. interesting. This is a Venus card again. You know, mm -hmm. about a question about creativity. So there's that. Yeah, it's a double Venus card actually, because it's also a seven. Yeah, and you know, um, my I always like to bring this up with if it is a question of art. I, I often think of this as the card of the artist, and I recommend that the querent go look up the Deviant Moon version of the Seven of Cups, which is particularly right. you know particularly evocative for those who are practicing artists. The idea that you transmute something from the literal into the truth of art. So there's definitely something about this that. Uh, is specifically about making art. And um, and I, I want to say, think about fantasy art, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. a fantastical visionary type of art. You know, that popped into my head with this card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you got death mm -hmm. and the empress. Mm -hmm. It's a really potent combination, especially yeah. for, for art, for, for tapping sure. into those inner visions and, and trying to, make them real yeah the idea of eros and thanatos death and the maiden and sort of you know I, t I think there's something so profound about this card because the experience of being human is you know knowing that you're gonna die but also looking for beauty while you're here <laughs> you know and mm. that to me is so much the message of this card i wonder if the person and illusions illusions yes. illusionary art not just visionary but illusionary art where one thing maybe can morph and transform into another like death has that transformative quality where it's in a it's a transition and sometimes art can be that too it's maybe more than one thing going on there you know uh right Sometimes this card has to do with substances and psychedelics that could be yep. in either a positive or a negative art, way. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking back on 
on what that this person's, you know, I don't know anything about their where they're coming from contextually and personally, but this might be an opportunity either to explore that or if they've had negative experiences from it to turn that into art in some way and to mm. alchemize that experience. You know, I always wish that we could find out what happened <laughs> with these. <laughs> well, yeah, let's um, invite people when yeah. we put everything up. Invite people who are willing to to speak about mm-hmm. how their reading landed um, to do so. Or they could, you know, if they wanted to do it anonymously and didn't want to comment directly mm-hmm. on the thread we put up, they could message us and we could put up their comment anonymously. We could do that. We could definitely. Or if that. they just wanted to give us feedback privately, that's okay too. That's okay too. Knowing more is always good. And there's such interesting questions too. <laughs> yeah. Let me do that and we will return in a moment. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you appreciate what Mel and I have done here at Fortune's Wheelhouse, please consider leaving us a five-star review or rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. And if you'd like to support the making of this podcast and gain access to all the member perks that come with that, please consider becoming a patron at any level you like by visiting www.patreon.com slash Fortune's Wheelhouse. You can also explore Fortune's Wheelhouse gear, like t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and more, by checking out our Redbubble shop. That's at www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse93 slash shop. Mel's beautiful books, decks, and prints can be found at tarotcart.com. And my book, Tarot Cases, Astrological Perfumes, and Online Tarot Class can be found at tsusanchang.com. Treat yourself to the tarot gift you've always wanted, because you are a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support. <laughs>